And welcome into the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I'm your host, Jake Miller, alongside Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, and in turn, Jack. Tennessee picks up the win in both sports yesterday. Baseball's winning 3-2 to two against UNC Asheville. Kavaris Tears smacked one early on in the game. Give Tennessee the lead, and they would hold and hold and hold and hold until finally just put it away. Good job for the baseballs. Basketballs did not cover the 11.5-point spread last night. Getting the win, though, 72-67 to at Missouri. Biggest contributors last night, Dalton Connect, 17-10. and Tobe Awaka, 18-10. and Jonas Adu, 14-4. and Zakai Ziegler notching 10 points for himself. One thing that stood out to me, Tennessee didn't really use that many guys last night. Basically kept it at an eight-man rotation the entire game. Don't connect. Although, he got 17 points. He only shot six of 16 from the field, three of six from three, in which, you know, that first half, that was just, uh, call it like it is, hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. And, you know, at one point, I think there was about 12 minutes left. We finally tied it at 46. And then it looked like we were in the cover there for a second. And then we let him get back in it late. That was just, uh, what can you even say about that game? Because when I look at that, I'm just like, okay, we got the win, but that just did not seem like a good win. No, it was very concerning. It was very concerning. I mean, and you really get concerned going into March with that. You only had two guys knocking down threes last night. Connect went three of six, Ziegler two of four. Vescovy, 0 of three. Josiah Jordan-James, 0 of 4 from 3. Josiah Jordan-James only had 4 points. Santiago Vescovi got to the line, hit one of his two free throws for a total of 1 point. Did notch 5 rebounds and 2 steals. So, I mean, he is contributing in, in other ways. He took a pretty good knock, though. He That did. guy got a flagrant for it, so I think he was kind of messed up after that. Oh, yeah, he flat out tackled him. Yeah. That was, that was pretty dirty. <laughs> Sean East and Noah Carter would lead Missouri in scoring. East would have 24, six assists, four rebounds. Noah Carter, 20 points, seven boards, and one assist. I mean, those were really the only two guys. And I mean, Nick Honor, he had 10 points. But I mean, they were just running their offense through those few guys. Like, they, nobody else was really getting involved. Nobody else was really doing anything. I mean, one of their starters, Jordan Butler. I mean, he did as much last night scoring as what I did. He had nothing. Well, he fouled out. He fouled out. I mean, he only played 13 minutes. Well, walking and Adu were giving him the business. Well, good. Good. That's what they're supposed to do. The game changed when Barnes went to two bigs. It really did. I mean, and started going inside. First half was just awful. You play like that in March, you're going home. First, second round. Easy. Oh, I mean, that's Because a... if you're playing anybody else last night, you're probably down. Pretty significantly. And, well, yeah. Uh, you know, like, Connect had too many turnovers in the first half. I mean, 6 of 10 in the second half. Like, he was 0 of 6 in the first half. So, he wasn't doing – I mean, nobody was doing anything. I think we were 9 of 30 in the first half shooting, 0 of 9 from 3. So, it was just a pathetic first half, uh, to say the least. Uh, it's just a slow start. I mean, uh, I mean, there's not much to say about the first half. Obviously, the second half was much better. Started getting the ball inside where you should have been going the whole time. Obviously, Waka was a difference maker. I mean, he really needed his production. Uh, so, uh, but 
I mean, overall, you're going to take the win, obviously. And, uh, you know, you got out of there um, yeah, with the win. That's most important. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get to the phones. Somebody I've been wanting to talk to about last night's game. <laughs> Phil is up first. What do you say, Philly? What do you say, Jake? Philly. Long time I didn't talk to you. It's been about a week. Yeah, well, it works for a living, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I, I get it. We we got to go to work because, I mean, in this economy, Phil, you got to think when you're having to pay 2 and $3 for a Totino's pizza and then a $5 large Coke wherever you go, <laughs> it is, uh, you, know, you got to go to work. Hmm. Well, I don't pay them $5 large Cokes. I just give me a bottle of water or uh, have, I already have soft drinks out waiting in the house, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, let's call it like it is. There's a $5 beer out there. Everybody in here is paying for a $5 beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, y'all, talking about that game last night. Uh, we played by bashing play, you know what? And that's kind of the takeaway that I had. I mean, you didn't play well at all, and then you still come out with a win. Phil, you know, like Brett said, if that happens in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament, we're going home. There's not going to be a Sweet 16 and Elite 8. And right now, I mean, I'm having a hard time because I've said all year, this team is talented enough to go to a Final Four. Well, right now, I'm having a hard time even processing that thought. It's like, I don't even know if these guys can make it to the Elite 8. Well, if Triple J and uh, Vesco don't show up, you're, you're pretty much beat. I mean, that's it. And, you know, Vesco be one point last night, Josiah Jordan-James, four. You cannot get that production out of them in March. They're going to have to be productive, and they're going to be a vital part of that deep run that we make if we make it. Now, the problem is you can have one of those guys be on and then the other be off. You can't have both of those guys taking the night off because you're not going to win many ballgames. Yeah, and the problem you got is they play. I mean, Vesco plays pretty good defense, but uh, you got to score at least 10 points to be a factor in these ball games. I mean, you have to. I mean, you look at Toby Owaka, you know, the past, what, pretty much every game this season, it seems like he's got like four points here, six well, points he only there. Average is about four games. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. 18 last night. Was I mean, that's a huge tremendous. step up for him yeah. and 10 rebounds. I mean, that was huge. I mean, he and Jonas Adu did very well down in the paint and made it happen. Yeah, they did. Uh, I guess we signed Connect. We had Connect, we'd be a, about a 500 basketball team. Uh, we definitely would be number five in the country. Yeah, we'd be a, boy, a bubble team. We'd yeah, be like Texas A&M. Or Look Mars Gonzaga. Oof. Well, you basically replaced uh, Julian Phillips with Connect, I guess, off the roster. I mean, this most of this this team went to the Sweet Sixteen last year. I mean, well, Connect uh, and Conwall is a big there. improvement on offense, but uh, Julian Phillips was probably an elite defender. He was, yeah, and. Oh, honestly, I think Calm uh, was a bigger uh, loss than having Triple J filling in his position. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I guess. I mean, Calm was obviously doing well at Michigan, but it's just a garbage team, and he's just able to put shots up. Yeah, but even last year when Calm was up and down, he still averaged what ten, eleven a game, and uh, yeah, what's Triple J averaging? I think he's right around eight or nine. Yeah. At two or three points here and there, it's different uh, loss and victory sometimes. Well, the crazy thing, Vescovy has just taken a huge step back, too. I mean, you don't expect him to be – I would have never expected coming into this year he'd be 
he'd be averaging less than Josiah James. I mean, he's almost at six, seven points for the season. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest disappointment of this season right now. Well, Barnes did go two bigs last night, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, can you run two bigs against uh, some of these other teams we're playing the rest of the year? I, I think last night with the guys struggling from the perimeter, he just had to make an adjustment, and he decided our advantage was inside because their guards were giving us all sorts of problems. I mean, they got two good guards. I'm surprised they're way better than their 0-13, I would say. I mean, with those two guards they got that were killing us. Um, but Barnes had to do something last night. We were getting no offense from anybody. And no. The biggest adjustment, we went on a run. Connect started hitting, going to the basket, and then obviously what Owaka and Adu did, I mean, going – well, they combined to go seven, 12 of 17 from the field, you know, six, you know, eight of 11 from the free throw line, and you know that's that was the difference in the game. You all think our guards are overrated defensively? Uh, uh, Danny can't guard anybody, and uh, Ziggler str- does struggle at times against people that do the straight line drives that are bigger. I'm just taking to the hole. Well, he's got the size disadvantage, too. That's another thing about Zakai. Hey, you know, some people will say that he's, you know, overrated. I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you can't call a guy overrated when he had no stars uh, coming out of high school and you know, before he got to Tennessee. But I think a lot of people put him up on a pedestal and try to make him something that he's not. Like, I don't yeah. think it's um, I don't think it's necessarily an issue, like, with people that just know the game, know the game really well. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. They put and they do the same thing with Vescovy and Josiah Jordan James. I mean, they put these guys up on a pedestal to make them something that they're not. Because someone said that Zakai Ziegler was the best point guard that Tennessee's ever had, and I mean, I'd name five right off the top of my head in my lifetime that have been better than what Zakai yeah. Ziegler is. I mean, one of them we just had two years ago, Kennedy Chandler. But you said, well, but you I said, but, sorry, go ahead, Phil. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. But Jake also says he's. Pretty much our most important player. The team goes as the Kai goes, so I feel like his importance to the team is almost, you know, you almost refer to him as our most important player, right? Yeah, because I mean that's what's so weird about it is like he's not our best player, but the team goes as he goes. I mean, would you have said that about Bone and some of the guys you've mentioned? Well, Jordan Bone was a great point guard. Yeah, Kenny but, Chandler but was a great point guard. Did the team go as Bone went, or was it how Admiral get us? It was how Admiral went and Grant. So, I mean, it was how those two guys went. That's how the team the played. The guy's a top 10 point guard in the nation. I don't know if Bone yeah. was ever considered that in his time at Tennessee. It was weird because he had the fastest first step, and I felt like Jordan Bone – I mean, I feel like he's leaps and bounds better than what Zakai Ziegler is or was. But They're, they're similar. They're, they're very similar players. They are. Jordan Bone had about four or five inches on him, though. Well, uh, Jordan Bone, he, I bet he could run a 4 2 Oh, yeah. I mean, he was one of the fastest point guards we'd seen. His first step was the fastest in the nation, and that's why he did so well at the NBA Combine was just because of his raw athleticism. Well, all honesty, though, for us to advance, you're going to have to have balanced scoring and not expect Connecticut to get 30 points a night because that's not going to happen every night. No, well, he didn't shoot the ball all that well last night either. Well, he was better in the second half. He was 6 in the second half. Yeah. You know, but – because he started attacking the basket, too. And there was a couple times he got fouled, and he should have been at the line, too. And uh, But, I mean, you had four players in double figures. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. So, that's the balanced scoring that you were hoping for. You just don't expect to get it from a walk at leading in scoring last night. Yeah, but to beat elite teams, you got to have a little bit better than that. Uh, 
you know, we, we beat good ranked teams. Uh, we're having five or six people at least near to or at double figures. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's – I don't know. I'm just so frustrated last night – or so frustrated with last night after what we saw. And every time I look back, I'm watching some highlights of it right now. But when you look at that and you tr- you try to factor in what's going to happen in March – does it seem like Tennessee could be that team that gets the number two seed or gets the number three seed and gets upset in the first round? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it right now. Yeah, well, it's probably good, a good assumption on your part. Uh, one more thing. Uh, I called the view uh, a couple days ago, unfortunately. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at that time is when the uh, runner backs coach came out. Yep. Uh, and, I, and I got on there and said, uh, well, just going to beat Georgia with uh, this uh, running backs coach hire. I mean, he's got a hired gun and get ball players. And of course, he no Bear and Bright and uh, and Debbie didn't know nothing about sports. You know, cut me off and and ridiculed me. Say I didn't know who the running backs coach was at Georgia or Alabama. Well, don't need to know. I know they kicked our butt every year. That's all you need to know. I mean, let's call that like it is. You just They're top five and getting recruiting every year. I mean, I can name Will Muschamp's at Georgia, right? Is he? I think he is. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. He's a like, defensive analyst. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you you don't need to know who's there. Like, you don't need to know who are the positions coaches at Georgia. All you need to know is they're good enough to whip everybody's ass year in they and did. year out. Wasn't the running backs coach the guy that now Syracuse's head coach? I think so. Fran Brown. He was their, he was top recruiter in the country, too, voted on from last year. Well, it's a lot easier to recruit when you got millions of dollars to play with. Yeah. Well, hopefully this running backs coach can recruit. And um, the guy from Washington does, uh, and it sounds like he's a pretty good coach, but is he a hired gun recruiter too? That's what I was saying yesterday. I mean, he seems like he's spent, I mean, Marcus said he's kind of, he's bounced around a lot, but I was wondering if he has any ties to the, you know, Southeast, you know, where he can go into these places and people know him, <laughs> you know. I mean, but Alabama wanted him, so but that's also because Kalen DeBoer's there and he coached with Kalen DeBoer. So how big a deal is that, you know, that you got him away from Alabama? Um, yeah. You know, he was also co-defense coordinator at Washington. I don't think we were actually statistically better than Washington in defense this past year, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I think we finished like 30th. They were like 60. So um, he must – you know, so we'll see. I don't know. I guess there's only one way to find out. Put them out there. Well, gotta get ball players. That's what it's all about. Yep. And uh, Tennessee needs to recruit nationally. That's how we always been in the history of our program. And uh, it's nice to have Southern ties. But uh, Georgia and Alabama are going to get who they want out of the South. We have to go up north. Didn't uh, they recruit I-75 from Detroit <laughs> all the way down to Orlando? And you got to recruit I-95 corridor up the eastern seaboard. That's what Tennessee used to do when they were good. Yeah, well, I mean, don't you think Alabama takes a hit with this DeBoer guy, though? I mean, no, they with, the, with recruits. I mean, you saw fast guys were dropping off, uh, hitting the portal, you know, once he was saving left. So, I don't know. He, I feel like he's going to have to – Alabama, something they have to do is win without saving now. So, we'll, we'll see what they do. Is it true that Ziegler told off the Missouri football coach off last night during the basketball game? I don't know if it's true or not, <laughs> no. but I mean, no. knowing no. what we know that he said to the guy from Florida, 
It would not surprise me if he said that because we all saw what he said at Georgia. That was very evident. I mean, it does take someone that's good at reading lips. You can't say that. (laughs) It it wouldn't surprise me. On the serial show last night, uh, uh, some guy uh, called him and told him that that was true. He was at the, the game last night. Yeah, Richard G. West, which is a well-known Twitter account that Richard G. West was not in Columbia, Missouri last night. <laughs> I didn't say he was, Phil, but he put it hey, out first. Dunk Sunday, he crammed it in Memphis's face. How'd you like that, Marcus? Hey, <laughs> how much? How many points did BJ put up, Phil? How many points? Wow. <laughs> Richard G. West got you. He got Basilio. He got your boy. Vasilio fell for listening to Don't some guy. Don't talk bad about Tony. I'm just saying, Richard yeah. G. West started it. Everyone fell for it. That's not my fault. It's- Don't talk bad about Tony. Don't do that. I did not talk bad about him. He got got. Everyone, like, f- f- um, Russell. Russell's been got by Richard G. West. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, he got got. Oh, my goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Stay with us. Sammy Kincaid, the Fan Run OG, joins us next right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest. about a mile away, Bing just had to take a phone and I just took a smile away. She said I'm too drunk and crazy, she don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join and she said she'd take a chance. I've been kind of crazy ever since they went down. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show, right here on Fan Run Radio. Pleased to be joined by Sammy Kincaid, the Fan Run OG. Sammy, what's up? What's up, you guys? How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, pretty good. You know, just uh, watch the baseballs get a win yesterday and then uh, some uh, pretty lethargic basketball, to say the least, last <laughs> night. Tennessee, you know, gets the five-point win out at Missouri, but it really seemed like one of those games, and everyone knows what I'm talking about. You win the game but it felt more like a loss than what it did a win yeah. just because it was uncharacteristic basketball once again. You know, the team hit another slump. But the one thing that you can say about this team is it feels like they're overcoming what they didn't overcome last year because last year around this time, you know, month of February started, you lose three games that you should not lose. I think we finished four and six on the in our last ten games. So, I mean, realistically – Sammy, when you look at this team, are you confident enough to say that you're definitely getting out of the first weekend in March? I don't think you could ever say that you feel confident about that, especially whenever it comes to March Madness just in general, but especially with the heart attack balls. I really don't think you could ever confidently say that, that they're going to get out of the first weekend. Um, but I, 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 was, I was disappointed last night because – over the weekend, you see how they play against Bandy. You think that, okay, they've gotten it together. They watched the film on A&M, and they had it together. They finally got it going, and then you hit that, like you said, you hit another slump. Um, so while, yes, a win is a win, um, and that's from working in an athletic department. I mean, that's all you're going to hear coaches say. A win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get it done as long as it gets done. It, it's still disappointing, and it has to be frustrating, especially for those coaches for the coaching staff and for the for the players because you know that they hear it, they see it. Um, you, so you know it's frustrating for them. And whenever you are mentally frustrated like that, it, it makes it even harder to get out of that slump. So I do not feel comfortable <laughs> right now saying that, yes, I, I think that they're going to get out of the first weekend. But 
yeah, don't feel comfortable with that right now. And, and, you know, like you said, that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to March. Of course, Tennessee now enters their five-game gauntlet starting this Saturday with Texas A&M, which is basically a revenge game for the balls. Texas A&M, they're middle to back half of the packing conference right now. Of course, they're not down there with the likes of Missouri and Vanderbilt. And Brett even alluded to something earlier. Like, it seems like Missouri is a lot better than what their 0-13 conference record says. I know that's, uh, that's, that's a heck of a statement, but, I mean, they're not, like – they're not terrible. I don't know if they just don't work well together as a team. I mean, last night was probably their most impressive performance of the year. But, I mean, everybody's going to get – you're going to get everybody's best when you're Tennessee right now. You're number five in the country. You're going to get everybody's best. But looking at these last five games, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, four of which – four of these teams of which are ranked. You look at bracketology right now, and Tennessee's still floating on that two line, and at one point we were on the one line. If Tennessee wants a one seed, do they have to go four and one or five and zero, oh, or can they afford to drop two in their last five? I think you can. I mean, you don't want to think about dropping any of them. You want to try to win them all. But I think if you drop one, um, then that puts you at a good spot to be in that one seed. If you drop two, you're really. Uh, playing some risky business right there trying to get that one seed so I think you have to try to at least play close um I I really think you can only drop one though if you want to get that one seed Uh, especially with just like you said it's a gauntlet the next five games so I, I think that especially for those three you have to play close no matter what uh and that's the only way if you end up dropping two of those that you end up possibly getting the one seed but uh, I, I think you really, you really have to try to only drop the one. Uh, Sammy, what are your thoughts on the whole SEC tournament? You know, we've we've had a lot of discussion about it. Uh, Tennessee's right in line for the one seed in the tournament. Uh, we've seen in the past the one year we've won it in our <laughs> long history. It seems like uh, a couple years back, you know, it didn't really matter that we won the SEC tournament because you almost stayed the same seed in March, and we might even drop a seed. So. People have talked about resting guys and sitting people out. Me, I think you just want as much momentum going into March as you can because you do, even if you have two or three games in a row in the SEC tournament, you do get you know, possibly two to three days off before you would play your first-round match uh, or game, I should say. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole SEC tournament and does it or does not matter? Um, what, just your uh, thoughts on that. It absolutely matters. That's just people saying that because they're upset because maybe the SEC tournament wasn't taken as highly as it mm-hmm. should have been in the past. And so they're going to try to play it down because they're upset with how it was treated in the past um, and the seeding that came out of it for the NCAA tournament. But it 100% matters. Every mm-hmm. single game matters. And like you said, you want to be playing your best ball going into March Madness. You want to be playing your best ball at the end of the season. That's when it really matters. That's why you ended up seeing – Vandy last year as they made that run at the very end of the season Mm -hmm. you saw them make a push and it's because of how you're playing at the end of the season I mean if you go undefeated for the first half of the season then drop every game after that I mean you're not going to be right going into it and so it really doesn't matter that you have that first half undefeated you know so it absolutely matters how you play in the SEC tournament and especially this year you were just talking about Mizzou and how they look better than their record right now there's at least nine teams that are going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. 
the SEC is stacked this year. There's no yeah. way people are going to be sitting players because uh, they think that it doesn't matter. They're going to be playing their best players possible because you're going to be seeing some of the top teams in the entire country in the SEC tournament with how stacked the SEC has been. So I, I, I don't believe that the SEC tournament 100% matters. And I'm excited because it's in uh, my backyard. So excited uh, to have all the SEC in Nashville. And, Sammy, something that really got our attention last night, especially Vol Twitter, of course, anytime Eli Drinkwitz shows his face, <laughs> it seems like he's always trying to take a shot at Tennessee. When you look at, like, how Missouri stand looks Stand on at, business. Yeah, stand on business, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird to me that it's almost like Missouri is considering Tennessee, like, their biggest rival in conference right now. Is it fair to make that assumption? Like, Missouri is considering Tennessee to be their biggest rival in conference. Well, uh, if you've ever heard me talk about Mizzou, Mizzou does not belong in the SEC. No. I mean, there's several schools that are not in the Southeast now that are in the SEC, but ever since Mizzou came into the SEC, said they do not belong. So, of course, they're going to want to try to pick the team that's closest to them that they want to be to be their rival. So, of course, they're going to think that. I, uh, I was listening to the call right before you guys went to break, and I was like, man, I hope they ask me about this. Drake is just trying to talk smack because he's just mad. Tennessee, he doesn't get to play Tennessee this year, uh, which is just so weird mm-hmm. that the teams in the East are going to be playing each other every single year. Well, that's why he's talking smack. He's upset that he doesn't get to play Tennessee, so he wanted to try to uh, throw some jabs during the basketball game. Uh, and I, I will say, during SEC Media Days, though, this past year, he was one of the funniest coaches to listen to. He has so many one-liners. So, I mean, I think that while he does love to poke at Tennessee, uh, he just from talking to him offline whenever he was just sitting at our table on Radio Row, uh, you can tell that he, he's just trying to poke the bear and have some fun with it. But, it, I mean, it, that's why you love sports, though, you know, like, you love to be able to talk smack to your friends and that maybe support a different team and just go back and forth. And it, it really does bring everyone together. But, I mean, it, it wouldn't be fun if you weren't able to do that. So I think he's having fun with it. But at the same time, he's a little bitter because he doesn't get to play Tennessee this year. And it's so weird. Like it, Honest to God, it reminds me of how MTSU views Tennessee as its biggest rival. Like when I went to MTSU, I had no idea this was a thing. I get down there, and all of a sudden, it's like, we hate Tennessee. We hate Tennessee. I'm like, why? It's like, the two teams never play. Like, what are we doing here? And you go, and you've seen the shirts that say the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because Western Kentucky should be MTSU's biggest rival. But the good was the MTSU logo. The bad was the Western Kentucky logo. And the ugly was the power T. And I was just so dumbfounded by that. And that's kind of how I look at Missouri now. Because it's like they consider Tennessee their biggest rival. Like, Missouri's not even in the top three, really not even in the top five when you talk about competitive rivalries that Tennessee has. I mean, obviously, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky even, South Carolina. I mean, I would even put Vanderbilt. Every team in the East except for Missouri. I mean, I would put Auburn (laughs) above Missouri as far as rivalry games. I thought Arkansas was Missouri's, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know. They're so weird. I mean, the thing is, like, they're the weirdest fan base in the entire SEC. I'd rather go spend a week in Lexington or a week down in that swamp 
down in Gainesville before I would go spend a week in Columbia, Missouri. Marcus. Yeah, I was really glad that you mentioned how you felt like they didn't belong in the SEC. I've had a long-standing argument. If you are west of the Mississippi River, you're not in the Southeast, so why are you in the Southeastern Conference? Uh, Obviously, now that doesn't really matter uh, because of what's happening with the conferences, Power Five, question mark. Um, which leads to my uh, ultimate question of, obviously they just announced the news about the college football playoffs and their format. I believe, if I remember correctly, it is five automatic bids for the, the Power Five. Yeah, the five conference winners. Yeah. I guess the big question is, who, who, are, the, who are the five conferences now? Because obviously with the Pac-12 being the Pac-2, you know, what, what does that really look like in this landscape of college football? I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to really know the answer to that one, except for the the committee, which I don't even think they know the answer to that one. Because, yeah. I mean, as you've seen over the years, um, and I think this is with the playoffs, it's with NIL, NCAA, or the playoff committee, everyone that has any part of trying to control college athletics, things have just gone, they've gone off, off, the, off the tracks. They've gone haywire. Um, because it's been really hard to control any of it. And because they don't have the control, I feel like it's gone even more haywire. So I don't even think the playoff committee has any idea what that would look like. Uh, and you saw whenever they, whenever UCF didn't get into the playoffs, whenever I was working at UCF, it was because they weren't a Power Five. The next year, uh, it ended up being two seasons after that, because there were two years in a row UCF should have been in the playoffs, and then the next season after that, Cincinnati gets in. Um, so they go against what they were saying. Oh, because they're not a power five. Okay, well, you made an ex- exception then. And so they kept making exceptions. They kept changing the rules um, because, I mean, I-, I don't know if I'm just being too nice this morning, you guys. I don't know what it is. It's going to say I think people are just trying to do their best, but you need some consistency. Um, and the consistency just isn't there. So I don't think anyone can really answer that question until you actually see what the playoff committee does because, there's not been consistency the entire time of the playoffs uh, since the playoffs have started. So I really don't know how to answer that one, but I, I bet we find out next year, uh, early December. Do you think that adding more teams is their way of trying to create more consistency, or do you think that maybe muddies the water just a little bit more? I mean, you're always going to have the same argument, whether it's four teams, 12 teams. It's always going to be the same argument because now instead of teams 5, 6, and 7 not getting in, it's teams 13, 14, 15 not getting in. Why did they not get in over if you had like a Liberty this past Mm -hmm. season get in? Why did a team that is a power five that has a stronger record, why did they not get in over it? So you're always going to have somebody upset. You're never going to make everyone happy. So I think, yes, that is them trying to rectify that a little bit, but you're always going to run into that same problem. Uh, Marcus, did you want to propose your show to Sammy? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you conti- continued the sentence because yeah. that just about got really weird really quick. Marcus. Hey, hey, this is an important question. Well, I, important, yeah, important there was a weird pause there for me, Brett. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to talk to these guys. I've been watching a lot of 30 for 30s again recently. I go through that stretch where you just you get that feeling like the Survive and Advanced one's one of my favorites. Watched that recently. And I was thinking, because I watched the Miami Part 1 and 2, I think there should be a 30 for 30 talking about the the fall that was during the rocky top, rocky bottom, if you will, <laughs> of the football program after 
the during I guess the 08 season was when it started. And, you know, there's been a lot of insane things that happened. The the helmet situation, the you can go back to Jansen Jackson and everything that happened there. In my mind, I think even as Vol fans, because we're we're a bit we're a bit masochistic at times, we would watch a thirty for thirty talking about the absolute destruction that we did to ourselves during that timeline before Hypel got here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that we would watch that. Um, there's whenever, especially now that you're starting to see the other side of it, it's a little bit easier to watch it than uh, whenever you were actually going through it. But 100% you would watch it and say, man, I remember, because you're going to remember how you felt in those moments during those times um, whenever you heard whatever was going on. You're going to remember exactly where you were at. So, of course, you're going to watch it because uh, you're – I mean, if uh, if Tennessee loses or something bad happens, you don't want to talk to me for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah. or maybe even the rest of the week, depending on how big it is. And so you, you're you going to want to watch those kind of things because it's going to take you through that emotional roller coaster all over again. You're going to be completely invested in it. So I'm all for it. Well, if you need, if you wanna if you wanna join, I'm I'm thinking Rocky Bottom sounds like the best type of name for it. Given you know, <laughs> so if if you want to be a part of it, I'm I'm trying to build together a documentary crew and, and seeing if I can make this happen. So university may not talk to me, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they they may not like it. I don't, I don't know about it, but uh, I mean, you always have to remember where you came from, or else you're never gonna enjoy the top. So hey, there you go. I'm all for it. I like it, Sammy. Thank you so much for coming on and dealing with my little circle of dysfunction that we have in this room right now tell us where to find you on twitter i'm always happy to join you guys you can find me at sammy king k keep it real simple s-a-m-i-k-i-n-c-a-i-d all right there you have it sammy thank you so much we'll talk soon thanks guys that is sammy kincaid the fan run og making her presence felt here on the gi jake show this morning i'm so glad that brett continued on with was, that, my eyes got oh, wide because I was like, "What are you talking about?" He did a, it's like you're talking to your dog. And you just, like, <laughs> the head just turns to the side. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, "Where are you going with this?" Oh my goodness! Stay with us. Final segment, hour number one, coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Rev up your. You all couldn't even make it through the break without an argument. Blame your intern you hired at McDonald's. (laughs) The thing is, the intern. Over a Big Mac you hired. Don't don't yell at Jack. First first of all, it it was not a Big Mac. He never gets involved. He always (laughs) asks the question. It was not a Big Mac. It was a McDouble and a McChicken and a six-piece nugget, and I washed it down with a Diet Coke. Mm. You going to finish that, Jack? Jack, Jack, can I just say real quick? I appreciate what you do because I know what you're doing. Because yep. that's what I did on the drive. It's I'm doing. So you, you you are the chaos bringer that I once <laughs> was, and I love it. So I I'm just, here for it. I just 
uh, ask the question and just sit back and just. And what was that, that question, Jack? Beautiful... Why don't you enlighten the audience? It's a beautiful moment, I can't isn't even it? Believe Marcus even going against this. Well, it started out with. I thought we'd agree on. I this. saw the notification that said uh, Tatum thinks he can be the the face of the league, which, which we should get into at some point. I think is an interesting and Marcus being a Celtics fan, I thought I'd ask him, but um. I also, we got to Paul Pierce somehow, and I asked Paul Pierce or Car- Carmelo Anthony. And and, I, and if you, like, I, as much as I love Paul Pierce, he's the reason I became a Celtics fan. Yeah, if you're asking some me. Some fan you are. <laughs> if you're going to ask <laughs> this me. This is the worst fan I've ever seen for doing oh, this. Oh! Don't, don't follow the Twitter you can't people. Say, you can't. Don't follow in line with the Twitter I'm, people. I'm my own person. I don't need Twitter to tell me who's better between Melo and Paul well, Pierce. Well, because they're telling me. First of all, are we going individual player? You're you're asking me if I would rather have in their prime Paul Pierce or or Mello? In their prime I'm taking Mello. Like I love Paul Pierce, but Mello's he he's an incredible player. He was incredible despite the fact that he dealt with a a lunatic as a head coach down in Denver. And Mello wasn't a head case himself? He was young. He was young. You give him a better coach than what's his name, Carl, whatever. I can't even think of his name, but he's Carl! the head case of a head coach. Didn't that doesn't kills just, people. He thinks that he's he's this almighty coach. Like he he's I I, I hate coaches like that. But yeah, if I could have had prime mellow, I would have taken it. But that doesn't mean that I dislike Paul Pierce. You're you're trying to like. Talk bad about Melo saying he's a pure scorer, comparing him Mello's to AI. Never saw, Mello never saw what the third round, the you know East or Western conference. He didn't have a good teams with him. What what players did he have around him to help him get there? What does it matter if he's all this great player you're talking I about? I love Paul Pierce, but he didn't do anything without KG and and without Ray Allen. He didn't do anything without Rondo. All I know is I they saw were the him worst team the in the league the, the year time. before they won it, and it was just better him. defender. Who are you going with? Better defender, well, Paul Pierce. Yeah, we're better, breaking it down. Or we're just going to break down the stats of yes! it all. Yes. All right, who's, who's the better pure score? Who's the better pure score? Mello. Okay. Then got we'll him nowhere. The, got yeah. him nowhere. That's all that matters. Got him nowhere? What do you mean? It got if him we're no- going pure scores, then it's LeBron James over Michael Jordan. Talk to the Knicks. Talk to Denver. Yeah, build talk a to te- him. Build a team talk around him. him. They didn't talk- do that. He was way overpaid. Y'all. Way overpaid? Yes. Look at your boy LeBron. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> LeBron's earned every penny in the league. He's got every penny. Yes, every penny. What has he not done? I mean, he's he's pretty much destroyed Cleveland. Brings him a cha- <laughs> brings him a championship and then leaves. What what have they been since he left? Did you just really utter those words? That he's destroyed Cleveland. Yes, I did. What has Cleveland seen in their city's history? Yeah, they got their one championship, and and that's what they're going to be happy with for from here on out. They've lived in just bitter, utter disaster of, of sports history. Yeah. Yeah, they got their one championship. I'm, I'm happy that I they got their one. I wish somebody from Cleveland, Ohio would call right now and argue this. Somehow we got on LeBron and Cleveland say, yeah, being a horrible, See, what in the Jack, world? Jack, take notes, because this is what I'm talking about. When you just say one thing, you can get someone riled up pretty quick. Uh, because well. it's utter ridiculousness. What? What you just said. Y'all are something. Yeah. Jake, that was that not a stupid comment though? Who's who? I can't. Is it uh, Daniel? Who's the LeBron fan as well? Is yes. it Daniel? I hope yeah. Daniel calls in because I want to hear what he says. I wish anybody would call. That was just ridiculous. <laughs> I disagree. 
I'm just shocked who's on whose side. Like I would have. I love Paul Pierce. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, he's the reason I became a Celtics fan. But if you're asking me, like the the issue, the reason why Melo's going to go as one of the greatest to never won is because realistically in the NBA, you don't win unless you have a couple stars. He had at Iverson. At least he two. had Iverson. He had was Kenyon that, Martin. Was that at the end of his career when he had AI? Uh, AI was past that his was prime. Old AI, old Chauncey. Right. When I they think. played together? Yeah. That's that's like getting – that was kind of like what they tried to do with Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash, near the end of his career, was, was put on a team hoping he'd be the Steve Nash of old. You, you got to build a team to win a championship. You can't have one star and get it done. I even think, Le, even LeBron, and you can agree with this, even Michael Jordan, have not won a championship when it was just them. They had other stars. LeBron took a a damn horrible, horrible team to the NBA Finals. But did he win it? No. You can't win without yes, a team. Yes, you can, though. You can, no, no. Who was— He ma- won. He lost he to the Spurs. He, he, he got swept by the Spurs. He won. Did, with did he win the Finals? No. Then he didn't win. <laughs> How am I lost in this? To because win, you said you can't NBA, win. You said you can't win without. Right. You said you can't I'll win. I'll clarify. To win an NBA championship, you need to have stars around you. Okay. You have to. Okay. In, in this in this era of NBA, the early two thousands and on, if you don't have a a big three or even a big two, you're not getting it done. The Mavs won one, and they had a couple stars, but after that, like what? What's, the Mavs did not have a couple stars. I would agree that Dirk winning that NBA championship was pretty special. Jake, we talked about this last time. <sighs> was Jason Kidd way past his prime? He was 35 years old, 36. He was still the better. Jason best. Terry was in his 30s. JJ Barea. You think Terry is a star? Jason yeah, Terry. Well, was name a the star. stars you're talking about. I'd have to go back and look at that roster. Exactly. I'd, I'd have to go. Obviously, I had no stars. I don't have it on the top of my head. LeBron did get cooked by JJ. Tyson Chandler. Is, yeah, that was a good point. I'm just saying, you have to, you have to have, and Melo never had that. And then he blamed Mario Chalmers. Melo, Melo never had that all, all-star team around him, and so that's why he's going to go as one of the best to never win. I think Melo Pierce is really close. Melo probably a little better offense. Pierce a little better defense. Same, like, individual accolades, but then just because Pierce has that playoff success, you know, obviously he had the better teams, but just he had he got a ring. He got finals MVP, so I think you got to give it to Pierce. Yes. I love our music, by the way. Absolutely it's love. it's a lot of fun when we get into arguments. Honestly, it's it's very entertaining to say the least. I mean, that you can say that about these arguments. They're at least entertaining. That's why I just kind of sit back and watch and listen. And I just gotta think of more questions. Let's I get Roberto in here next. Roberto, what's up, man? Uh, wow, uh, that was fun. Actually, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Former intern Brett. I guess it's former intern Brett now, right? I yep. hope so. I replaced him. Yeah. 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 Now, now yeah. we have Jack. With, with former intern. <laughs> it's all interns. You, you should you should actually change the name of this show to the Intern Hour. Well, I'm I'm too conceited for that. So that's uh, we'll table that one. <laughs> Jake, uh, you don't even have to go to church because you tell no lies, bro. Uh, so um, I kid, I kid. <laughs> Uh, you know, all kidding aside, Paul Pierce, this is how old I am. So I'm a Celtics fan, right? And I love Marcus. I'm a, I'm a Celtics fan because of Paul Pierce. I'm a Celtics fan because of Kevin McHale and Larry Bird. That's that. how old I am. Oh, I'll give it. you one. I'm a Celtics <laughs> fan because of Antoine Walker. 
Walker. Walker. The the round mound of 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 resound now, I guess. Uh, God, have you seen that guy? Oh, the round mound of debt. He, but have you seen him? Oh my God, he looks like the guy ate Antoine Walker. Like he literally doubled what Charles Barkley did to himself. It's insanity. If he had a double clutch in his golf swing, he'd be Barkley all over again. I wouldn't be able um, to hold himself up. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. We're horrible people. Because <laughs> I laughed because it's true. Uh, you know, guys, I, I want to I wanna try to be brief, but like, I think I really do. I want to weigh in on who should be the face of the league, okay? Yeah. You know who should be the face of the league? Not one person has mentioned him yet. Oh. Nikola Jokic should be the, the face oh. of the league. He's the best player in the league. Do you think the face of the league should be an, an American or at, at all? Since it's our sport, I guess? No. Okay. No, because it's an international game now. Yeah, so no. I agree. I don't know. I agree. I, I mean, I mean, you could say Wamayama then uh, as yeah. well. I mean, he's French, right? Yep. Yeah. So you could go down the list. <laughs> the, probably the eight best players on planet Earth are not Americans. I, I would agree. you, Roberto? My only argument would be, and I'd just sure. be curious about your opinion: is would you want somebody who's a little bit more? Uh, I guess vocal is the word I would use. Someone who's a no. little bit because he's he's so to himself and only cares about his horses. I think that's I great. That. No, I think it's the opposite of. It, I, I I get where you're going, but I think he's the perfect face of the league for that very reason. He needs a reform. They are too. They're too vocal as a league, in my opinion. That's fair. They're, they're they're out. They done outgrown their raisin, is what we'd say in East Tennessee. Yes, they they don't know who they are anymore. They need they need humble superstars, not political activists. And I'm not talking about one side or the other of the aisle. I really don't care. They need humble superstars who want to go and freaking care about ten to their horses after they go out and whip a man's ass in a basketball court, being six foot eleven. 385 pounds and looks like Gorilla Monsoon out there and playing basketball at the highest level we've seen from a player of of that body shape and size ever. I would agree. That's what we need. I would agree. And that is why I'm no longer a Celtics fan, but I'm a Nuggets fan. That's how much I like that guy. I think he has flipped me because he's Larry Bird remade. He is Larry Bird remade. It's Nobody literally like Larry that, Bird and George Murazon had a baby. Well said. Uh, yeah, or, or Big Country Bryant Reeves or whatever his name was. You remember him? Oh, they yeah. Kinda, he kind of he kind of resembles him, but I, I can't, I'm not kidding. Like, this guy is doing stuff at his body type that is inhuman. He really That's is. That's how good he is. It's inhuman. It's pretty- he's, a super, he's an actual superstar. Like, he shouldn't be able to move the way he moves, pass the way he passes, shoot the way he shoots, rebound the way he rebounds, defend. He's actually a pretty decent defender, you know. Um, I don't know. That, that's my two cents on it. Also, wanted to weigh in, and I'll drop with this, okay, guys? Yep. Um, everybody and their brother has berated me all weekend for saying I'm wondering about the baseball team and the clutch gene, like timely hitting is what I call the clutch gene, Yeah. right? Is 32 left on base in four games enough to start to develop a trend of worry for people? Because I would. That's an average of eight left on base per game. And you beat an 
ass level team last night by one run yeah. at home. I'll leave you with that, and and yeah. I'll just ask you guys: Am I crazy, or are my eyes deceiving me, or is what I'm seeing? what's actually happening is we don't have a guy that can knock in a run or something about our, we're not staggered correctly in our lineup. I haven't figured it out, but I'm not nuts. Take care. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Roberto. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you in need of